Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. We strive to make raving fans out of our customers. And that's both on the merchant side, but also end users. We're, we make this kind of brand promise that we're always there when the customer needs us, whether it be merchant technical support or customer support when it comes to end users. Also having an account relationship management team that is always on hand if they need us, making sure that we really are that partner, that trusted partner that, that they can count on. That was Paramount Commerce COO Dave Rowe, and he is my special guest on this episode, episode 238 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Dave has a passion for football, tennis, F1, and of course, payments, only not in that order. A self-proclaimed payments geek, Dave is a product guy at heart with a self-driven mission to make the complex look simple, especially when it comes to payments. Paramount Commerce is the leading bank account-based payment solution provider. The company itself just celebrated 20 years in business and has roughly 150 employees. They specialize in the online gaming and sports betting sector, as well as international e-commerce. Dave and I go on to talk about his journey to the role of COO and where he sees the industry going in the next two to three years, including the numerous changes expected in the bank-to-bank payment sector, the advancement in open banking, and the expectation of real-time rails. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Dave. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Hi, Greg. Thanks for inviting me. Great to be here. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. If you don't mind, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Yeah, sure. So I grew up in a small village in the northwest of England, those that didn't recognize the accent, I'm British, and uh, lived, like I say, in a small village, went to local local schools, and uh, ultimately graduated from university in business management. Uh, spent most of my childhood playing sports. When you're in the countryside, you generally get into those things, so football, soccer, if you like, tennis, things like that. When I graduated from university, I then moved down to London and uh, have been here ever since. Okay, great. Well, let's discuss Paramount Commerce. So if you don't mind, tell our audience what the company does. Sure. So Paramount Commerce is uh, Canada's leading bank account-based payment solutions provider. We've now just been in business for 20 years. So we hit that milestone in the last few months, which was uh, was great. We uh, yeah. had uh, some big parties across the, the business for that. And uh, we're very excited about that milestone. We have offices in, in Canada, both in Toronto, where our head office is, but also in uh, British Columbia. And uh, we also have offices in Europe, where a lot of our customers are in uh, both the UK and London, and also Malta. About the size of the business, we're around about 150 people, and the payment products that we have are, there are several of them, but uh, in the main, we have an Interact-based product that runs on the Interact Rails, which is extremely popular in Canada, and also an instant bank transfer product, which runs on the EFT Rails in, in Canada. In terms of the industries, 
that we support. The main one that we support is iGaming and sports betting, but we also support international remittance and like mainstream e-commerce with our main clients being DraftKings, Score, Bet365, Party Gaming, uh, and also Western Union on the remittance side. Another big milestone that we reached fairly recently was we achieved a million unique customers as a business, as end users, and uh, we're really excited to also launch a new one-click feature that we were really excited about bringing into the market. We've always been a profitable company almost since day one, since our founders started the business 20 years ago. We've never had to raise any external funding. We've always been self-funded from a growth perspective. And yeah, proud to say that we've processed, I think, more than 100 billion in the lifetime of the company. So, And still growing, which is a good thing. Yeah, 20 years is a, is a great milestone. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess 20 years ago, it probably wasn't iGaming. So sort of maybe tell us the backstory, if you have it, of sort of how it started and then transitioned to sports betting and iGaming, which I think are more, you know, relatively more recent type of businesses. Actually, it was the first. So uh, it was almost the very early days of the internet age, if you like. So the two founders basically were running a company that helped small to medium-sized businesses with their tax credits, believe it or not. And one of the companies that they worked with was an iGaming operator. And they saw that they were struggling with payments. And they had the idea that, hold on a minute, we can do that. And based on what they were doing already in terms of payment, more money collections and and, and so on. And yeah, they they launched their first EFT-based payment product, which ran in a kind of light wallet sort of approach that was called InstaDebit, which is still live in the market today. Um, yeah, 20 years later, it's still going strong. And yeah, rode on the coattails of the iGaming and sports betting industry for all this period as that industry has grown. And also you know, that move to general e-commerce has also grown as well. And more recently with the regulation of Ontario just over just over a year ago and the expectation that more provinces within Canada are going to regulate, we are fully set for that and ready to go when those provinces choose to, to regulate those uh, markets. Okay. I guess I'm getting old and didn't realize that <laughs> iGaming had been around for 20 years. Well, if you look at the history of PayPal, it was a similar story. I mean, the initial growth came from the iGaming sports betting space and then obviously the rest is history with the likes of the eBay acquisition and so on. But yeah, it's funny, a lot of companies in the payment space follow that type of story. Sure, sure. So what is your sort of go-to-market strategy? Do you have direct sales teams or do you work through partnerships or a little of both? Yeah, certainly a combination of both. I mean, in the iGaming sports wagering space, we are the kind of the go-to payment partner for, for Canada. So it's a combination of, you know, if there's a new market entrant coming into Canada, they'll look at what's on the cashier or look at who to work with in the Canadian market. And often they will come to us. We also do our own sales, especially with larger operators that are, say, for example, just over a year ago when 
Ontario regulated the likes of DraftKings, who were only operating in the US. They decided to launch in the Ontario market. So we had various conversations with them in order to, to sell our payment products to them. And we, thankfully, we were we were successful in that. So those types of outbound and inbound work extremely well. But we also work with partners. So the gateways of this world, like Nuve, for example, we, we work with them quite closely. So you know, if a operator or online merchant wants to accept one of our payment methods, we're already integrated into the into the PSP gateway, so it makes that whole onboarding process much more, much more seamless. It's very much a combination, but it kind of depends on the merchant. Like we're we're agnostic; we don't mind. It's the time to money is always important to us, and making sure that merchants have that best possible experience of you know, signing up with us and getting online and start accepting payments as soon as possible. We've all heard the terms embedded payments or integrated payments, and of course, it's a huge trend in our industry. But the truth is, there's so much more to the story. So in collaboration with NMI, the fully integrated payment solution built to scale, we've launched the Be Solid campaign, where we're exploring embedded finance with guests from leading companies like KeyBank, Bain Capital Ventures, and more. To listen to the latest episodes, visit leadersinpayments.com or nmi.com slash resources slash podcast. In a world full of squares and stripes, be solid. What would you say differentiates your company from your competitors out there? Sure. So I think to start with, you know, our core purpose, if you like, our why do we exist is really to simplify payments. Um, we make a whole kind of payment experience, whether it be for an end user, whether it be for a merchant, whether it be for one of our suppliers, whether it be for one of our partners, also internally for our operational people, for example, taking all of the complexity associated with making a payment, which you know can on the outside can look fairly simple, achieving that is no mean feat. So that's really why we exist as a company. And how do we then therefore kind of differentiate ourselves because we're not the only ones that are trying to achieve that? The first thing is we need to have best-in-class payment experiences. First of all, from an end-user perspective, so we put a lot of time and effort into user testing and product design. So every page, every flow of pages, every field, every piece of copy that exists on that page is is tested and tested again and we really get a lot of feedback from real customers not just any old person off the street to get that feedback understand what it is that people are thinking about when they're making a payment so that payment experience is absolutely key to us because ultimately it can be can make or break your payment journey and if you don't have high conversion which is what the operators and merchants are number one metric that we see that they're looking at, then your relationship with them can be short-lived. That's the first thing is really that kind of best-in-class payment experience. The second thing really is about we strive to make raving fans out of our customers. And that's both on the merchant side, but also end users. We're, we make this kind of brand promise that we're always there when the customer needs us, whether it be kind of merchant technical support or customer support when it comes to end users. Also having an account relationship management team that is always on hand if they need us, making sure that we you really are that partner, that trusted partner that, that they can count on. 
no matter what time of day, whether it be on the weekend, and also being having that industry knowledge, right? It's not just about you know whining and dining necessarily, but giving them insights. I mean, you know, I talked to before about you know, how do we ensure we have best in class payment experiences and the user testing and this continuous interviewing process that we go to. We share that with the merchants as well so that they get insight as well as us into what their customers are experiencing, what, what's the feedback that we get from them. So all of these things kind of combined help us to really make the, these raving fans out of our, our customers. And then last but not least is uh, around our strategic partnerships. So you know, we talked a bit about PSP gateways before. This is a key part of our business model. But also, you know, we are, again, a 150-people company. We can't do everything ourselves. We rely on, for example, banking partners, but not all banks are the same. You know, we can work with banks which are, let's say, the larger banks, which aren't necessarily as innovative as some of the smaller banks, So, but they give us a great backbone. And when you have the right partners, when it comes to banking, it means that you yourself as a business can also, for example, be first to market with with certain things. So having those great banking partners is, is absolutely key. We also work with very well-established partners in, for example, the area of risk management. So we work with Flinks, which is similar to Plaid, but a more Canadian-centric version in, for the Canadian market for one of our products and really leverage their experience in, in Canada. They also have investment from one of the big banks in Canada and work closely with the banks. So again, it's really about choosing those right partners so that you can offer a full, whole, all-encompassing solution to the market. So yeah, those three areas of best-in-class payment experiences, creating those raving fans and strategic partnerships really helps us to differentiate ourselves in the market. Yeah, just a little bit of an offshoot question. It just, it seems like the industry itself is is or is becoming highly regulated. How does that, you know, that seems to bring a lot of complexity to any payments company, but specifically around the iGaming and betting, it seems like that that would be a complex area and challenging. I mean, do you see that? Is that just kind of built into your DNA to handle that? Or can you speak to that regulatory environment? Sure. I mean, I'm not a compliance officer, but um, throughout my career, I've worked at pay, uh, you know, F- FCA or UK regulated companies. In fact, Paramount Commerce has a, a UK uh, license with the Financial Conduct Authority. And you know, there's been a lot of progress with regards to that regulation in the UK, but also across Europe. And we're actually seeing it come into Canada now. So there has been some regulatory movement on the payment side. I think it adds credibility to the industry if the you know, merchants and consumers know that you're being held accountable, that there are you know certain requirements put onto your business to ensure that customers and customers' money, customers' data, how we operate as a business falls in line with rules and regulations and also expectations, if you like. It's one of those things that I think once you've been working in it for such a long time that you kind of take for granted to some degree is certainly an important part of the organization and something that we've always taken extremely seriously. I think from an iGaming perspective, there are 
a lot of operators, as they're known, the merchants themselves, that will only work with payment companies that have some kind of regulation that they comply with. So it's it's almost like table stakes to some degree for a certain the cost of doing business, if you like. I think for the operators themselves, they have licenses all over the world and we're not subject necessarily to that licensing regime, but there are, in some cases, obligations put on them about how they choose suppliers. Not necessarily very prescriptive, but there's certainly, they have to go through proper due diligence and how do they generally work with those organizations. They will ask us to complete various various paperwork in order for us to to start working with them sometimes also on an ongoing basis as well especially around data security and things like that which is obviously extremely high profile these days so yeah i mean i think it's certainly something that is not something that's particularly straightforward but i think is necessary right right okay where do you see the payments industry headed say in the next two to three years sure so i think that if we look at first of all Canada specifically. In Canada, there has been two, if you put cards to one side, because still Canada is predominantly card-driven payment landscape, I think that there will be quite a significant change in terms of the the way that bank-to-bank payments operate. For many years, the industry or the account-to-account-based industry has relied on, for example, EFT, which is a bit like ACH in the US. So it comes with, it's cheap, but it comes with challenges. And some of our products operate on the EFT rails and it makes the the onus is very much on risk management rather than the commodity of the actual rail itself. In Canada, there's also a very popular method of payment, which is called Interact, which I mentioned earlier. We find that on some checkouts that actually Interact is chosen more than cards themselves. So actual share of checkout is higher for an Interact payment than it is for a Visa, MasterCard, Amex payment. It's almost scheme-like in terms of its how much is recognized by end users. So with that in mind, there's also some advancement happening in open banking in Canada. In fact, there was the annual Open Banking Expo just last week in Toronto. And there's a lot of good things coming out of that, although relatively slow. There's not the same emphasis like there has been on the European side of things where it was kind of mandated by uh, the European Union. But yeah, we see that with open banking, that that will open up more opportunity for bank-based payment, bank-based verification and authentication, things like that, more more opportunities that can arise from that. We also see that there's a project currently in the works within the banking system called Real-Time Rails, which we hope to be first to market with when it does finally, finally launch. And that is going to probably take some market share away from the EFT side of things. It's going to operate similar to real-time payments that launched in the US a few years ago. In the next two, three years, this is what we expect to be the the main advancements that we see in, in the Canadian market. Okay. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. So you mentioned going to London to university. So maybe catch us up between graduating university and being the COO there at Paramount Commerce. So maybe fill in the gap between those, that time frame. 
Sure. So following uh, university, I this was back in the days where you applied for jobs on job websites. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I actually applied for a job at a small company, a small payments company called what was then called Moneybookers. And I don't know if you've heard of Moneybookers, but Moneybookers became Skrill, okay. which became one half of what is now the Paysafe Group. So I was actually the fourth employee at that company, a very small office up in North London. Not a particularly desirable positioning for the office, but it was really where I cut my teeth, was subject to all kinds of different experiences. The proper startup back in the day where there wasn't so much VC money swishing around. And our first objective was to try and get profitable, otherwise we were going to run out of money. And through that experience, I got to experience a lot of different parts of the business. We uh, had various exits along the way, first of all, from private equity investment, and then ultimately to the time when, shortly before I left, was when Optimal, what was then called Optimal Payments, acquired Skrill and became the PaySafe group. And at that point, it got to around about 1,300 people. So it was quite a journey over that 13 years to go from that four people to 1,300. And then I felt it was time for a change. I had definitely uh, had my fair share of different experiences there and felt that it was time for me to go and try something else. And over the years, I'd also met with the founders of Paramount Commerce. So... We knew each other. We used to bump into each other at trade shows and and things like that. And over time, we'd you know got to know each other and we'd had some conversations about potentially working together. So I thought the best thing to do was actually to invite them to my wedding. And then <laughs> about a year later, I ended up started working for Paramount Commerce. So <laughs> if anyone out there wants to know how to get a job somewhere, invite the that's a great story. Wedding. And yeah, I joined when Paramount was I think it was about 40, 50 people then. And it was a really exciting opportunity for me to kind of you know, take that experience of working at Paysafe to bring it to Paramount Commerce. And back then, we also had also had a US business, which which was called Bazuma. And uh, two years ago, we sold it to Nuve. So uh, we went on that journey as well as the US gaming market opened up, starting with New Jersey. And then I think by the time we sold it, like 20-something U.S. states had regulated sports wagering. So we went on that journey and, and sold it to a Nuve. And then, like I say, on the, over the last year or two, we've been very much focused on the Canadian market and up until today, and that's still the case. Okay. All right. Well, what are some things you're passionate about? So maybe one work-related passion and one personal passion. Sure. So I think on the work-related, I'm, I'm a kind of a product guy at heart. So uh, I think one of the things that I kind of worked out very early on was that the secret to kind of making payments work is to you know, take the complexities out of that experience. And because you know, end users, they don't really want to think too much about payments. You can only really disappoint them if it doesn't work. And when they come to choose how to pay, they're not going to sit there and analyze and take notes and compare pros and cons of going with this or that, they make a pretty quick decision. So that kind of whole experience of you know making something look really easy that's actually behind the scenes extremely complex is what I guess makes me a, a payment geek now that I've been working in the industry for more than 20 years. I think I can call myself that. So that's really that's what I'm passionate about, really taking those very, very complex behind the scenes payment complexities and making it so straightforward for a consumer. 
Okay, what about a personal passion? I think as I alluded to earlier, I'm a sports fan. Growing up in the countryside, I played a lot of sports. And for me, football or, or soccer, as you may call it, is my is my favorite sport. I used to go and watch a lot of games when I lived still lived up in the Manchester area. So I'm an avid Man United fan. I was also a keen tennis player and still watch a lot of tennis. I tried to get down to Wimbledon as much as possible. And last but not least, I'm an F1 fan. So I think F1 is now getting more popular in North America, which is great. And although I have three young children, I don't get to watch as much as I like. I mean, watching a whole F1 race is <laughs> part of two hours. So uh, very rarely do I get to watch a whole race, although it was Father's Day recently. So I was able to watch most of the, what the Grand Prix in Montreal. But yeah, like I say, sports is my thing outside of work and alongside my family, of course. Okay. Okay, great. So you've been in payments for 20 years. So I always like to get people's kind of viewpoint on this. And I think when I came into payments almost about the same time, I just kind of fell into payments. It wasn't like I was looking to build a career in payments. And I think that's changed, right? With uh, the industry that's grown so much and all the investment that's been in payments, and the technology, I think kids coming out of college or university say, hey, this is a interesting industry and I want to build a career in fintech or payments, whatever you want to call it. So the question is, what advice would you give them, someone coming out of school, say they came to you and said, hey, what do I, what do I need to do to be successful in the, in the payments industry? What would you tell them? I think first and foremost is kind of do it for the right reasons, which is you could probably say the same for most things, but me too. When I, when I started off in payments, there was no such thing as fintech. And since then and now, there's obviously a lot more hype around it. And I find that sometimes people get the wrong impression and, and they don't necessarily take the handling of people's money seriously enough. It's a, it's a very emotive thing for, for people. And you know, we should never, never take that for granted, you know, whether you're paying for your groceries online or the next, you're paying to get to the next level on an online game or, I don't know, sending money overseas, whatever it might be. There's still that kind of seriousness to it that you know, we all like to have fun in our jobs and the journey of, of your career and, and so on. But like I say, it's about dealing with people's money and we should take that seriously. I think the second one being that you get the first one right is... I think in the early days, really take the time to learn about all the aspects of payments, you know, whether it be online to offline, cash versus digital, all the different trends and local payment methods that exist in different countries, who are the main players in the payment space, the global ones, but then who are also the local specialists? There's so much that we can kind of learn from all of the different players and aspects of payments. And that's really going to be key if you're starting out is to build that knowledge, build like how does, how does this money really move around? <laughs> Again, going back to that you know, simple, you know, when someone just taps their card on the card machine, what are all the things that actually happen behind the scenes to take that money from that consumer's card to the merchant? And what are all of the processes and operational pieces in between? I think the more that you can learn about these things, the more the more fascinating it actually becomes. I always find it sometimes a little difficult to explain to people, why do you work in payments? <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, again, the more you can learn about all of those little things, the better. Okay. Well, Dave, we've covered a lot of ground. We've talked about, obviously, the company. We've talked about you and, and your journey, a little bit about the future of the industry. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Uh, no, I think we've just about covered everything. It's uh, certainly an exciting time for payments in in Canada and also for Paramount Commerce. And yeah, thanks for inviting me on the show. Absolutely. So I know your time is very valuable. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 